welcome to the Truth Be Told podcast. I am Marta Brummel, and by trade and training, I am a certified life coach with a psychology degree from the University of Notre Dame and a master's in clinical social work from the University of Michigan. I'm the mother of four children. I'm married to Craig Brummel, my favorite human, and I am the CEO of a private life coaching practice for young adults and parents. So the whole idea behind this podcast and these conversations is to learn how to navigate this human journey from the inside out by building a life skill set that allows each one of us to engage with this grand life adventure from a place of health, wellness, and confidence, and to create something beautiful by weaving in meaning and purpose along the way. I'm so glad you're here. Hello and welcome to episode number 46, The Life Cycle of an Emotion. So hello, dear people. It is a new month, which is really hard to believe, and yet it is. (laughs) It is what it is, and so just soaking in these last remnants of this most glorious fall that we have at play, the colors are absolutely just bursting outside my window, my office window, and uh, just feeling super grateful. So along with the gratitude for the beauty out there, I'm, uh, I'm grateful for the beauty that you all have inside of you. And knowing that, you know, the, the beauty of being human and the journey of being human is something we talk about in every episode pretty much of this podcast, right? That's why this podcast is even in existence because it's, as we like to say, truth be told, let's talk about the real stuff. Let's get to the the heart of things and let's help each and every one of us human better because when we human better, you guys, we do better. And when we do better, we contribute more, we love better. There's just so many wins on that front. So. We're going to talk emotions today, and um, we're going to talk emotions as in the concept more along the lines of a life cycle of emotions, okay? So understand that there's a beginning, a middle, and an end to a feeling, an emotion. So emotion, feeling, same thing in my lexicon, and I use them interchangeably, so just know that. Um, But In general, when I share this concept with my clients of a beginning, a middle, and end to a a feeling, they're like, look at me a little bit sideways, like, okay, I think I knew that, but like, why does that really matter? And what does that mean? And so the more I believe we understand what an emotion is, how it manifests, how to describe it, what to, how to name it, right? To know what it is describe it, and then magically allow it to move through our bodies versus interrupt that flow with our sweet minds that are constantly judging our feelings, right? That is the magic of being able to allow a feeling to go from beginning, middle, and end without it sticking around for days on end, okay? So the most powerful response that we can have to these neurological events that are happening not just in our bodies but in our entire nervous systems is really to turn towards the difficult and uncomfortable emotions. And we can turn towards them, you guys, with some curiosity and kindness and compassion and allow ourselves to feel these emotions 
so that they complete their cycle from beginning to end in our bodies because that's literally where they're happening, okay? So many of us grow up not knowing how to do this, right? We don't grow up feeling safe to feel our feelings, first of all, and then to express them, that's off the table, right? So we get really good at not feeling our feelings, and then we get really good at disconnecting from our bodies, okay? And we have the opportunity, and this, this work is so much about the opportunity to turn back inwards, to turn back towards ourselves, and feel our feelings and connect with our bodies. The older I get, you guys, the more I understand that we all grew up and experienced to varying degrees, of course, but trauma and disappointment and abandonment and just in general hard stuff, okay? And at some point, what we learn to do is we learn to armor up. We learn to build up walls around our hearts, basically, really, but within our bodies, around these things that, you know, really are painful and hurt. And our work is to learn how to de-armor, okay? And get more intimate with what's really going on inside of us and allow all of that to be kind of brought to the light, really, and healed and you know, held um, and allowed to be moved through so that it's not holding us back. We are more making it part of our story and we're more about integrating and allowing and flowing, okay? These are all things that are possible to us, but when we don't allow our feelings to kind of complete their life cycle, a lot of times they get stuck, okay? So at some point, as I said, the armor we have learned to build up doesn't serve us any longer, okay? It, it, it doesn't allow for the feeling cycle to be completed in our bodies, okay? So in as many of us have found, it's so much easier to not feel, right? Those really uncomfortable feelings and to offload our pain instead of feeling it. It's just much easier to resist than learn how to move through and to, to hold space for. So understanding this, I think is just really good for all of us to kind of have a grasp of. And then when we're talking emotions and understanding that so much of our thinking colors our emotions, right? Our mindset, our interpretations, those sentences in our brain impact our feelings, you guys. And they either can exacerbate those feelings and intensify them or allow them to move through. And how do we do that? We don't judge our feelings. We feel our feelings and we allow them their process. Okay. So there are a few emotions that I think help us on this journey in terms of feeling our feelings. And those are curiosity and courage. And why do I say this? Because I think becoming curious helps us go inside. It's our superpower. And it can keep us learning and increase our awareness along with cultivating compassion and kindness. And this takes our armor off. And in order to take our armor off, you guys, it requires courage and a willingness to feel it all and know that we will survive 
Sometimes we will be brought to our knees. Sometimes we need to seek out someone to be able to help us process those feelings. That's all normal and fine and good. But again, the more we're willing to do this work, the more we're willing to learn how to do this practice, the healthier we are, the better we are. And that I think is when we really truly start humaning and living and rising in this life. So one of the best things I know how to do and help my clients do in kind of accessing these feelings and understanding and describing and allowing them to move through our, our bodies is the practice of a self check-in. Okay. And this is where I have clients. I ask them to do this at least once or twice or 10 times a day. It doesn't matter how many times, but it's a practice that I want them to do daily. And it's really entails closing our eyes and you can do this. You can go to the bathroom. If you're at school, if you're at work or you're where, wherever you are, find a place you can go, close your eyes, feel your feet, put your feet on the floor and go to your body. Okay. Find in your body where you're having physical sensations. Okay. Take some breaths, put words to what you're feeling, describe it. Okay. So one of my clients, a young woman did this self check-in during one of our calls. And I'll share with you a little bit of that because I think it's helpful in just, you know, understanding what a self check-in is and what it, what it really looks like. So she was feeling really anxious. So I told her to take a pause, close her eyes, notice her breath and slow things down. I asked her to put words to what was happening inside of her body. <laughs> Initially, when I asked her to do this, she said, I feel like a complete mess, Marta. And I said, well, I hear you. I want you to understand and know that that's a thought. That's not a feeling. That's not what is going on in the sensation in your body, but that's the thought that's definitely creating the feeling in your body, or it's certainly exacerbating it. Right. And that's more of a, a state, right? Right. It's not an emotion. So I said, put a color to that internal mess that you're describing. And she said, it's dark red. And I said, okay, what about a weight? And she said, it's heavy. I said, texture, sticky, temperature, hot. And I said, anything else? And she said, it feels very constricting. And I said, where is the weight in your body? And she said, it's on my chest. And I said, okay, I want you to sit with this feeling, this heaviness on your chest. And I want you to just continue to describe it to me, but also to kind of just notice where it is, what it's doing, be a witness of it. Don't think about it, but let's just describe it and let's see if we can loosen its grip. And after a few minutes, what she was able to do is loosen in fact that grip, right? Both her thinking around it and also that physical sensation that was kind of you know, keeping that weight so heavy on her chest. And this was possible because she was willing to feel it right instead of resist it or exacerbate it with her mind. And she noticed and experienced that beginning, middle and end of an emotion. 
And that emotion, as she also realized, when she initially said, I'm a mess, I feel like a complete mess, and then we described it, and then I had her kind of talk about it, she realized that mess represented not really just anxiety, that was kind of a nebulous word for her. Really, it was fear and it was stress. Those are the two things she came to and said, that's what it feels like in my body. That's what the emotion I'm experiencing, fear and stress. And once she did that for herself and named it, not just said anxious, but actually dug in even more and drilled into exactly what the sensations were in her body, what she was feeling, she said that even helped loosen the grip more, which I thought was fascinating. So I share that with you guys because I think it's just super helpful in understanding the, the magic of what a self-check-in can do. And yet, unless we put that on our phone and kind of put an alarm on it and a timer and say, this is, this is what I'm gonna do at this time every day, we never do it for ourselves. First of all, most of us don't even know to do it in the first place, but then secondly, when do we actually make the time, right? So that is a gift you can give yourself and I hope each and every one of you consider doing so, okay? L talking more about this life cycle, I want you guys of, of an emotion, I'm gonna give you guys five things that I think really help complete that life cycle of an emotion in our bodies. And number one, and one of the most, I think, efficient ways to do this is physical activity. And what do I mean by this? Literally any movement of our bodies, it could be stretching, walking, dancing, jumping, yoging, <laughs> jogging, whatever it may be, it allows for our bodies to metabolize an emotion in a way that we can change our physiology, our feeling by moving something through and opening the door for another emotion, another feeling. Because of course, as humans, we're kind of feeling all the time. We might not know it, but it absolutely is at play. Okay, number two, another really powerful and nourishing practice to help our bodies complete the feeling cycle and not overwhelm our system is breathing, okay? Breathing. Breathing has a way of down-regulating our, our nervous system, okay? It helps us kind of get back to baseline. And with the primary emphasis on the exhale in our breathing, so it's not the inhale that actually helps us relax our nervous system and get us back to baseline, but it's actually in the exhale. So that's more the magic, and you guys gotta do all of it, the, the breathing in. So there's a four, seven, eight breathing technique that I think is really effective, and it's by Dr. Andrew Weil, and it goes along the lines of breathing in, that inhale for four seconds, then holding the tension of the inhale for seven seconds, and then exhaling for eight seconds. So the 478 breathing technique is just a really effective way of regulating your central nervous system, okay? Another effective method for us to kind of allow for the life cycle of a feeling is connection and touch, okay? And the easiest form that most people have access to, right, is actually a hug. And not just a hug that most of us 
do on a day-to-day basis or receive. It's more along the lines of kind of this therapeutic hug, which is a 20-second hug. This 20 seconds can literally change your physiology and literally help a feeling move all the way through our system, our bodies. A warm hug in a safe and trusting context and with a safe and trusting, trustworthy person can do as much for us as if we went out for a jog. Because what it creates in us is that oxytocin that is released when we exercise. It's the same feel-good hormone, and that can be produced literally from a 20-second hug. So try this, because it's incredibly powerful, and it's also one more way to help you move through some of those very uncomfortable emotions that you're feeling, okay? All right, number four, a good cry. And I love this one because I think that a good cry for all of us probably doesn't come along very often for many of you, but man, does it feel good on the other side of it, right? And why? Because it helps us cleanse our system. And why does it cleanse? What is it cleansing? But an emotion. It's allowing us to process through something that otherwise might remain stuck in our bodies, okay? It doesn't solve a problem, right? Or eliminate the stressor. But what it's really good at is when the emotion takes over our body, that's a physical expression of stress of the emotion, right? And when we allow it to complete itself, it's completing a stress response cycle and letting the emotion go all the way to the end, right? That's what crying can do. It kind of allows us, it allows that energy to go all the way through to the end. And it kind of opens a door at the end of the end of the road and it allows it to just exit. It's kind of magical. So as I tell my clients, instead of letting your mind interrupt the cry and feeding it more thoughts about whatever it is that's creating the emotion that's brought on the cry in the first place, turn towards it. The physical experience of it, not just the you know, that sensation knowing that this is what's happening and you're feeling the cry, but actually do exactly what I had my client do earlier. Describe it. Similar to to her emotion of fear, and it was fear, if I remember correctly, she had fear, and what was the other? I can't remember, but anyway, that fear, same idea. So paying attention to the cry, right? Pay attention to the sensations in your body and what crying feels like. Follow those sensations. What does it look like inside of your body? Where's the tension? What color is it? What temperature, texture, speed? All of those things. What this does is it allows for the sensation to move through your body and complete its life cycle. Okay? Beginning, middle, end, my friends. It's a beautiful thing. And when we allow for it, we know how to do that for ourselves. It is a gift. Okay. So this can be unnerving for some, the crying piece of things, because for many, I think it feels like once you take the veil off and actually let the emotion flow, it's never going to stop. Right? But if you don't let your thoughts get in the way, 
and exacerbate the cause of the stress, the reason why you're crying in the first place, it will pass through. Sometimes it might take 20 seconds or two minutes or a little bit longer. Regardless, what it does is it actually has the capacity to be metabolized. So there you go. Beautiful, right? That's number four. Number five, and finally, many of my clients have found that some kind of expression, whether it's through drawing or journaling or doodling or tinkering or painting or sewing, anything creative seems to have a very soothing impact and effect to stress. It really helps put into the light what's going on inside of us, okay? And in a way that feels palatable, in a way that we feel we are, you know, we're able to express and we're open to. It's putting expression to our inner world and helping us process it in our outer world, kind of like out loud, so to speak. So it creates a safe and nourishing space and allows us to alleviate some of the maybe really intense feelings, emotions inside of our, inside of our bodies by getting it outside, okay? Moving it through. So that, my friends, those five steps, I think are really effective techniques and ways of helping us move emotions through our bodies. And I hope there's something you would consider doing and maybe even practicing today, one of these or both of the, I don't know, two of these, it doesn't matter. But the willingness to try this, try it on for size, see how it kind of plays out for you and also notice on the other side, on that end side of a feeling and that, that cycle, notice how your body feels. You'll be surprised, I think, at how much lighter where the flow seems to kind of be natural and it allows for this humaning thing on a very different level, okay? So give yourself the permission, the gift to feel all your feelings and feel them from beginning to end, okay? If we let our bodies do that and what they're made to do, being human, we're meant to feel you guys, we are feeling creatures. The more we learn to process our emotions from beginning to end without letting our minds get into the mix and sabotage us, we're on the road to, to humaning better, to feeling better, to being better, to contributing more, and I think loving our life even more than we ever imagined possible, okay? It's really pretty magical. So give it a try, report back, and know that I'm here cheering for you guys and thinking about you 24 seven and trying to churn out here whatever I think is gonna help you do this humaning road better and from a healthier, kinder, softer, and more awesome place. So let's keep getting in and digging in and doing this work, okay? All right, guys, I'll see you next week. Send in my love, take care. Having a life coach can sweeten the often messy and hard and awesome journey of being human. Do you have a life coach? And if not, I would be so privileged to be your coach. I have a private coaching practice for individuals and families where we work on getting to the heart of your struggles and paving a path forward that helps you create a life that you truly love. 
when you're prepared to take what you're learning on this podcast and implement the tools and techniques so that you experience profound and lasting results, then contact me at martabrummel.com and we can hit the ground running. I truly cannot wait to work with you.